This is Mindset for Success, a We Global Studios podcast hosted by Dr. Leslie Knudsen. We explore the familiar, but not often talked about, deep-rooted emotional experiences that successful females have when setting up their businesses, and we learn how they overcame them. Hello, I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen, and I'm very excited to welcome to today's show, Jennifer Freed. Welcome, Jennifer, and thank you for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Excited to be here. Jennifer founded Trivana Post, the gold standard in post-production accounting, growing the company into an international firm with offices in New York, Los Angeles, and London, which has worked on over 700 feature films to date. She then founded Trivana Tracks as a solution to the chaotic processing of music licensing for content creators. She graduated with a BA in film from Stanford University. Jennifer, would you share with our listeners a bit of your entrepreneurial journey, which began when you met um, a production accountant right after your Stanford film degree? Sure, 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 sure. Um, well, even before that, I grew up in Miami, Florida, so not really Hollywood or anything to do with it, but my mother was a stage actress, and so I grew up kind of a backstage baby with a love of theater, and which grew into a love of film. So I recognized early on that I was not going to be an actress myself, but did want to be in the industry and did need to find my place in it. And I had no idea what that was because I didn't grow up knowing anyone in the business. But um, I ended up at Stanford, as you said, majoring in film. And the program there was lovely, but it was very documentary focused. And I wanted to do commercial films. And so I made my way down to LA and uh, the very first film that I worked on, I was the craft service person, which meant that I had to get the bagels and donuts in the morning for the crew. And yet it gave me great opportunity to interact with everyone. And I just asked a million questions. I would talk to the prop person and the camera person and the wardrobe person and they would send me out to get things for them. But what I realized was the accountant was the person who was really in the middle of everything. She understood where the money was being spent, how it was being spent, and she was interacting with the producers. And I found that surprisingly appealing, even though I had no background in it whatsoever. But I ended up hanging out with her and um, helping her. And that was how I was introduced to the field that I have been in now for over 30 years. Um, it was just a, a lot of curiosity, a lot of um, finding that I wanted to be in a creative business, but I wanted to be in the business part of it. And it turned out that I ended up being in the production finance part of it. Hmm. And you also continued your journey when at 54, you took 10 days off to be by yourself and then came up with a, another business idea. 
That is true. That is true. Um, I think that I spent, you know, the, the larger part of my young adulthood um, being a cheerleader for post-production accounting. And I feel so proud of that. I feel like I really was able to um, increase the awareness of what we do, which for those in the audience that might not know, there's one team of accountants that work on the shoot of a film. And then there's another team that works during the editorial process called post. And that process is often twice as long as shooting the film. And you are taking it all the way um, through the editorial process for picture, sound, music, visual effects, reshoots, and delivery. And so um, I had a magnificent time growing the business, doing that, working for every major studio, mini majors, dozens and dozens of independent films, lots of Oscar winners, lots of terrible films, to be honest, <laughs> but, you know, giving the best financial information that we could so that they could get their vision up on the screen. But after that, to answer your question, I reached a point where I had kind of done as much as I felt I could do and was a bit restless and a bit needing a inspiration of my own. I spent a lot of time inspiring everybody else and I needed some inspiration of my own. So I took a break and evaluated um, what was working well at my company and what was not working well. And one thing that interestingly enough, I'd always been very fascinated by was the choice of music that is put into films. Um, I recognized that the way that people do it was completely without technology in terms of the music licensing process. And it was affecting my own team because they were not having the tools to keep up to date with the real-time decisions that were being made for the budget, for the licensing, for the payment of everything. And so I thought, this is something I might try to solve. And that is how Travana Tracks was born. Hmm. Travana Post employees, if I have it correctly, is about 85% uh, female. Is that right? It is. It is. And you've also been called in the business the Charlie Angels of Accounting, if I, if I heard you right. So not only has your business done well, but you've also facilitated really strong bonds between your employees. Why do you think this benefited your company? And can you share how you do this? Sure. Um, we just hired a new woman today. Right? <laughs> 86%. <laughs> right, 86%. Um, it is an interesting combination. We have a lot of young women who are right out of school. And I see in them a lot of similarities to myself. They want to be in the business, but maybe are not quite sure what path they want to take. So um, in somewhat of the giving back nature that I, I try to live by, I talk to a lot of these women and give them advice about what opportunity paths there might be. And without really trying to convince them, oh, come work for us, I just want to educate 
people about this um, opportunity that you don't really hear about publicly so much. Um, and then if they're interested, we are more than happy to take them under our wing and train them because as long as they're smart and ambitious, um, it's not brain surgery, it's, it's organization and communication and again, curiosity that you can find great success with it. On the other side, I've also hired a lot of women in their 40s and 50s, mm -hmm. people who have been out of the workplace um, by choice, by family issues, for whatever reason, and they have been some of the most successful employees that we've had, mm -hmm. um, really looking for that sense of community within a company that we try to foster and um, not putting a glass ceiling on them. Mm -hmm. Kind of size the limit as, as far as their progression and uh, earning potential. A very supportive environment. Yes. That you're, you know, maybe not going to find in a more cutthroat environment, let's say, at mm -hmm. uh, a studio or um, a company that has a different management style. Mm -hmm. You spoke um, about early, I think it was early on in your career with Travana Post that you, your name was not on, was not on the credits of a film that you worked on as a production accountant and that this was difficult for you, but also a pivotal moment. Can you talk a little bit about that? Right. So the field of post-production accounting in particular, again, is not something that's in the main title credits and, and at the point where I was stepping in in the 90s wasn't even on the end title credits. And this was devastating to me. I would work on a film for sometimes over a year, giving everything I had. And then I would see people getting screen credit for possibly working on the show for two months, sometimes even one week. And the inequality of that really just hit home for me. I felt that it was somewhat gender biased because most of the people in this um, field are women. But I also felt that it didn't represent the knowledge that we had to have to do our jobs well. We have to know about production. We have to know about post. We have to know about delivery. We have to know about tax credits. We have to know about so many elements. And so I just wasn't going to sit for it. So I started um, a verbal campaign, you might say, with all of the studios to try to encourage them to acknowledge what we're providing, that we are the financial home of their movie, and that in itself should be worthy of recognition. And um, it really took two areas. It wasn't only the screen credits, which eventually all but one studio still a holdout, but everybody else now gives us a beautiful screen credit. But also we weren't in a union. So everybody else was getting magnificent motion picture health benefits and a pension plan, and we and the production assistants were not. So I 
organized a two-year um, campaign to get us organized into the union, which I was successful in doing in 1999. And now we have over 3,000 accountants nationwide that are covered mm -hmm. by the union with this great um, health plan. That's great. There were just things that really bothered me, even though I loved what I was doing. There were two things that really, really bothered me. And I wanted to try to make some progress on them. And, and invested in seeing that people were taken care of. That's right. Because the holdouts to the union situation were people that said, I can get my own job. I don't need anyone looking out for me. And I said, but you're not looking out for your team and you're not looking out for the future people in our industry that are going to come up behind you. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just as important, if not more important than yourself. If you've already reached a pinnacle of success that you're happy with, it's not enough. You really need to think about everybody else. Mm -hmm. When you decided to invest in making a music licensing software, there was some financial risk with that, I imagine. Have you ever feared about your business's business failing? And if so, how did you work through this? Great question. Um, I'm going to answer in two parts for one part for each company. Um, without knowing the phrase imposter syndrome, I, it wasn't really something that was spoken about. It's so lovely that it's in the atmosphere now and in the uh, conversation. But back then, I would be find myself in situations where somebody would say, you can do this. Just go ahead and, and, and try. And there are times when that is great and you want to have confidence and move forward and not be afraid. And then there are times when if you don't really know what you're doing, you kind of only get one shot. So three times early on in my career, I did something that I think impacted me for the rest of my life, which was I really reached out to an expert for help. And it was somewhat humbling to say, I think I know what I'm doing, but I'm not really sure. I would really love your guidance, your advice, and if you're willing, your mentorship. And all three times, shocked by people's generosity, um, strengthened by the knowledge that I learned um, from them and also developed long, long relationships with all three of these people. So any kind of risk aversion that I was feeling, the way that I dealt with it was getting to know somebody that had expertise, or even that I might have been intimidated by, just forced myself out there mm -hmm. and said, I really admire what you've done. I find myself in a space where I could really use your words of wisdom. And you would just be surprised that people are generous and people will help you. So that is going to really help take a lot of the risk away. But the second part of it for Travana Tracks was really uh, much more of a situation where I was putting myself at financial risk 
and I was putting myself at, you know, I was embarrassed if I would fail because it, it would have felt like a very public failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was investing my own money in this startup um, phase of it. I had to go out and meet with engineers to say, <laughs> once again, it seems like a theme here, but I know a lot about filmmaking and music licensing, but I don't know anything about software and to find a trusted team that could help me, you know, get my vision made. And um, the first team that I worked with actually wasn't really on my side. And that was, could have been enough for me just to pack it up, but um, ended up finding a second team that I've now been with for five years and they're just magnificent. So just because it didn't work out with the first team um, was not enough to just give up. Um, But I had this idea that nobody had had before. I had people say, oh, I've always thought about doing this, but didn't have the time or resources to devote to it. Um, I can't believe you're doing it, but good luck to you. And I had one person say, no one's ever going to pay you a dollar for Mm -hmm. this software. They have Excel, they have Google Drives, they they have been doing it for years that way. Um, They're not going to want to change. They're not going to adopt a new uh, process, no matter how great your tool is. And forging ahead with that anyway, hearing that in the back of my mind every day was probably the hardest part of getting it done. Mm. And how did, how were you ever able to overcome listening to it every day and then deciding not to do it and then not deciding? And then not deciding. Sorry, sorry. Not not deciding to do it. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, I will give credit to a great woman. She was Um, a producer on a film that we were working on and we were beta testing the software. So that's when I've kind of made a prototype of it. And now we're having users try it out to see if it's intuitive, if it's easy, if it's fixed, if it solves the problem that they're in. And she was also just fascinated by it and um, became invested in, in, in seeing how it progressed. And at the end of the project, when she had been able to follow along with how we were doing with licensing every song in her movie, where we were in terms of payment, where we were in terms of getting the final fully executed licenses in, and she was able to see we were at a hundred percent, she could turn in her delivery to the studio, um, and, and get paid. (laughs) Of course, that's what, Mm -hmm a goal she was looking for. Um, When she submitted all of the data to the studio, they said, you're a film producer. How do you know how to do this like beautiful music license organization? And she said, oh, my accountant developed this software. You should really talk to her. And that company was Netflix and they reached out to me and that was how I got my very first client. And so it was a just one of those once in a lifetime stories of someone um, wanting to help somebody else. She mm-hmm. said like, yeah, here it is. And, and taking credit for it herself or mm-hmm. 
uh, a million other scenarios, but um, she chose to help me out by uh, acknowledging what we had made and that changed everything. Great story and lots of great female mentors and, and, and supports in that too as well. Jennifer, I believe it or not, we're at the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Can you let the audience know um, how they can find more about you and your companies? Oh, thank you. Um, very easy to find. Our, we have two websites, travanapost.com and travanatracks.com. Uh, in case anyone was wondering, Travana is the names of my two children. Jennifer and Savannah put together. So um, kind of a nod to, nod to them that I get to feel every day. Great, great choice. Uh, so obviously our accounting company is Travana Post and you can find out about our music licensing software at travanatracks.com. Thank you again so much for joining me. I loved every minute of it. Thank you, Leslie. This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital DIY startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit weglobalstudios.com. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knutson. Please drop me a line at mindsetforsuccess at weglobalstudios.com. See you next week.